0: You're listening to Last Word Soccer Club Radio, only here, lastwordonsports.com. What's up, Internet? Welcome to another episode of Last Word Soccer Club Radio, brought to you by, of course... Last Word on Sports Inc., the Beautiful Game Network, and our wonderful sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are coming at you hot off the heels of a very chaotic, very crazy, very MLS after dark, even though it was in the middle of the afternoon in Southern California, um, MLS Cup Final between LAFC and the Philadelphia Union. Um, joining me tonight, we just have a, a, a tandem of two tonight. Happy birthday to you. We have 20 27-year-old Sir Harvey Cruz on uh the call with us tonight. Harvey, how does it feel to be 27? And how how was your birthday weekend?
1: It was real good. Thank you very much for that. It was really good. Um I had my annual uh, birthday cake picture that you can see on Twitter at Sarve Sarvey Cruz. Um went out to eat with my sisters uh then i went to the ball mall by myself cause that's how you do it i bought some some samba adidas shoes which i've wanted for years and if you don't have them and you're a soccer and you're a soccer guy what are you doing get yourself some so i got them in all black because um look white is white and white gets dirty uh easily so i just go with the black and uh, I got myself a Lawrence Taylor jersey, the, an old Mitchell and Ness Lawrence Taylor jersey. So it's hype for me. But overall, it's a great day. And I forgot to tweet this out, by the way. And I really should have. Um, November fifth as a day is a perfect day in the soccer spectrum. Because as you mentioned, we got the, uh, we got the the, the chaotic um MLS Cup final. We got we had the World Series. We had uh football that weekend. We had um European soccer. Um I saw um my Salvadoran soccer between Aguila and Foss. They went to penalties and Foss advanced. They play I believe Hokoro in the final and um yeah I mean November November a, is a sick month, honestly, um, because it's in the middle of everything. Honestly, what well, I'm, I'm a, a, a fun fact about my birthday my My birthday is known for three things: a it's my birthday, b it's election week, always, and c it's it's just in the middle of uh, MLS Cup playoffs, which reminds me of the worst uh, Red Bull times because all they do is lose in the playoffs so uh that's just a painful memory for me and that's just how it goes but yeah great birthday and yeah enough about me talking about me
0: no that's great uh, birthdays are fun birthdays are fun i think mine was on a monday this year so it was like super super lame um <laughs> but birthdays are awesome um and you know, we, we love to celebrate them here. We love to celebrate them here, um, at Last Word on Soccer. Of course, I think I think the order for the podcast. You know what? I'm a bad friend. I don't know when Jamie's birthday is. I know Matt's early. Matt's like March. Dan, I think, is in June. I'm October, and then you're uh, you're November. So Harvey, I think you and I might be the only back to back. But yeah, birthdays are fun, and it also is like, oh my gosh, we're getting older. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but good. I'm glad you had a great birthday, Harvey. Um, and and before we jump into the MLS cup, I would be remiss Harvey Cruz. If the last time I was on this podcast, I, I got to shout out my pit women's soccer team. Like our, our university of Pittsburgh women's soccer team, not only um, set records for the, the most team goals. I think it's 42 or 43 um, without our, program's leading goal scorer, but for the first time ever Pitt made it to the ACC tournament. I was on the call actually um the night they clinched it. And it was probably like I was emotional because I covered this team for I've been covering this team for about five years now, doing broadcasts for them. Um just I'm close with the players. I'm close with um Coach Waldrum. And it, it was just a really, really amazing, really emotional moment. Um so shout out to them. They just found out today that for the first time in school history, um, they qualified for the NCAA tournament and they are in the number four seed and we're taking on Buffalo. So really, really excited for that. So I had to give, I had to give the ladies uh, and coach Waldron a, a little bit of a shout out. Um, last time we were on the pod podcast too. Um, I, I think the guys had mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Um Portland Thorns were crowned the NWSL champions over the Kansas City Current. Uh, Got to meet Dan Sperry for the first time in person. That was really cool. I've known him for about five years now. Um, But congratulations to the Portland Thorns um, on that one. And then, of course, you know, what what a segue into this one. LAFC crowned the MLS Cup champions. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. LAFC are your big winners. Um, it, it was it was quite chaotic. Killen Costa scored on a free kick in the first half. It Was equalized by Gos Gosdog in the 59th minute, and then it was just back and forth. Marillo scores in the 83rd minute. Jack Elliott in the 85th. Jack Elliott scored again in the I think it was 124th minute, uh, and then Gareth Bale of all people, Gareth Bale, the well, the Welsh international whom the United States will be seeing at the World Cup uh in just a few short weeks Harvey Cruz scores the equalizer to send that bad boy to penalties um and it was just it was crazy and it was chaotic and um you know it was just it, it was a fun game it was a really entertaining game especially for those who were who were neutral so um Harvey if you if you'd like I would love to hear your thoughts on the game and all of the chaos
1: it's one of the greatest games in the history of sports and this i'm not exaggerating i'm really not um because when you have a game the only thing that that's missing that missing that missed from the game was that it wasn't held at night time that's really it because usually these games are held at night time like past uh last year's mls cup final was held in the rain per se because it's in portland and it always rains in portland so really that's that's really that much it but This year's MS Cup Final was held, you know, it was at 1 p.m. West Coast time. Yeah, Yeah, the sunshine. It was uh, the backdrop, I guess, was that fans weren't allowed to park. They had to take public transportation to the game, which was a bad look for the league. But whatever, it was still a packed house. Union fans uh, represented themselves as well as the away support. Um, They even had a bunch of fans at Subaru Park. Um, huddled around midfield or uh, watching the big screen. And from the first minute onward, you just felt like it lived up to everything. And it lived up to everything and more. Kevin Acosta scores on a deflected free kick. Um, Daniel Gazda gets on one to equalize. And it's funny because you didn't think that this would be such a barrage of goals in the second half. Because in the first half, it was really tight. LAFC played their game. The union struggled to really capitalize on opportunities. Um, they really couldn't muddy up the game as they wanted to, but they knew they had a chance because of the union and they they really uh, create goals for scoring goal opportunities. And so when guys die scored, it kind of felt like one way or another, it would um it would lean towards LAFC because LAFC have the depth and whatnot. And sure enough, players like Mario score, and then Jack Elliott scores on a header um to equalize two minutes later and it goes to extra time and when i when i found out when i like saw that it was going to extra time i'm like okay usually when you when a game goes to extra time in the playoffs you look at the benches and he just figured that just because you know stars like chiellini and Bale, the lafc will make the difference but what's funny is that Bale went on the on the pitch he got so done he really didn't do much he really didn't do much much of anything which which really just stays on brand with with how his um how his tenure as an LFC player is gone? Just a bunch of nothing, but little moments of inspiration, and that's really what happened when Jack Elliott scores in the 124th minute. And you're probably wondering to yourself how a game goes to 124 minutes, and that's only because Maxine Croyal breaks his leg, um, trying to save a, a goal scoring opportunity, and it's a real shame because I believe he misses out on the World Cup not for Canada with that injury. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a real heartbreaker for him. But you can arguably say that he saved the MLS Cup for the because I forget who was throwing goals for the Union to score. But if, if Maxine Kerpo isn't there, then they probably lose that that, that game extra time. They lose the, the Cup final and the Dream season over. So he breaks his leg and he's out. And so, Jack scores only in the 24th minute. And that was the latest goal. At the time in MLS playoff history until Bale gets on the end of one. He, he climbs highest. I'm a bit surprised that Andre Blake didn't go off for that one. Um, he really should have in hindsight, but that's, you know, it's just hindsight. You always say the stuff like, like that. And so Bale scores on the header. Game goes the penalties. And of course, you know, up steps up um, John McCarthy, who apparently was a reserve in the Union squad. And he goes out and he saves all the union's penalties. And so, you know, um, you know, Sanchez scores from the spot and he seals the victory. Ryan Hollings had scores before him and Dennis Buonga scores the first penalty. So LAFC win the cup in one of the great games ever played. Um, Twitter was ablaze because of how it went down. Um, and now you just got to wonder, like, for LAFC, it's the dream season. Them, and I believe the Galaxy and Toronto FC, the only teams to win the Supporter Shield and MLS Cup in the same season. Uh, so it's a tremendous achievement by them. Um, they were the deepest team in the league, the most consistent team in the league all year. And for the union, it's, uh, it's just pure pain for the union because they had the lead. All they had to do was see it out for a good, good three minutes and they would have been champions, and they would have been uh, just, you know, known as, like, they already, they came into this game as the best Fluff Union team ever, in my mind, because they, in my mind, they are better than the support team that won in 2020. So uh, I'll just pose it out there. Um, we could probably tweet this out, but whatever. I'll just ask it anyway, because this loss will haunt them forever. They could win MLS Cup next year and, uh, and la- that this, this season will, will still haunt them. They could win the Shield again, and this MLS Cup will haunt them. They could win the US Open Cup. You get me? Like, they could win all the MLS postseason awards and Coach of the Year again, and Defender of the Year again, and Goalkeeper of the Year again, and this loss will still haunt them. Rachel, on to on- describe it, for me, it's one of the worst losses ever in MLS history. Regular season or postseason. If you have a worse loss by a team, I'd love to hear from you.
0: I, I don't think I have a worse loss than this one. I, I don't – whenever I say that, though, I don't think it's, like, one of those – I don't know. I feel like it was just such a weird game that, like, you know, you throw the backup goalkeeper in. And, you know, I, I was I was having this conversation with actually a Philadelphia Union fan, and um, – in the rivers casino of all places where we were watching the game. Um and I and he was like, "Oh, you know we got this. We got this." When they threw in uh McCarthy and I said, "Well, not quite. Like these guys are prepping and prepping and prepping for um Crepeau and how he saves penalties. And I can't say too many of the first teamers were probably thinking, "Oh, they're going to throw John McCarthy in for penalty kicks uh in <laughs> in, in in the final." And so I was like, I don't know, like, they're going up a goalkeeper that they don't have, like, a lot of film on, maybe, because he wasn't a regular starter. So, it was, you know, it's it's definitely, it is it is a bad loss, I think, but I don't think it's bad in the sense of, like, oh, Jim, it's Jim Curtin's fault, or it's so and so fault. I think it's just, like, it's a crappy loss, because on paper, they should have won, but they just didn't, and it was... I think the only loss that I can think and like I'm thinking of this, um, you know, and we're gonna tweet this out and say regular season or postseason, of course. But for me, I think the only loss in the last couple of years that kind of may- maybe is is not more significant than this one. But I would probably say when Columbus blanked Seattle three nothing in 2020, because I think a lot of people were like, you know, Seattle went on this like crazy unbeaten run again, and you know they're they're returning. Like ninety percent of that twenty nineteen team that won it over Toronto at um, CenturyLink now Lumen Field, and so for them to go in against Columbus, yeah, albeit they were on the road, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, Seattle got blank three nothing in the MLS Cup final." What in the world is this? But I don't, I don't, I don't think it comes anywhere near like this loss because this loss was just like way more chaotic than that one was. Um, but I think it's a great question, and we'll definitely be tweeting it out. I
1: have three off the top of my head. You can count this one in as one of them if you want, but my three others would be, I remember uh, in nine when the Galaxy lost to Russell Lake. I believe they held that final. This is when they held the final in neutral, in neutral sets, I believe. And I believe the Galaxy lost to LA uh, Russell Lake in '09 and penalties in Seattle. And so that was when, you know, Nick Romando was, was like a god and he just saved them, saved everything. And then that denied uh, Beckham and Donovan, that team, that cup. And mother other ones would be the Galaxy Earthquakes comeback in 03. I believe they were down 4 nothing to come back and score five in a row. The Galaxy lost that one, yeah. Earthquakes were down. And they came back, guys like Agus and Donovan and Maria. That was crazy. That, was, that happened nearly 20 years ago, next year, that would have been 03. yeah. And my other one would probably because because I'm a Red Bulls fan, I have to apply my my team's losses to this one. Um, this week we're, we're recording this on the seventh of November, 10 years ago, on the seventh of November, a snowstorm blew oh. over Harrison. And snowed out the first leg of the conference semifinals between the Rebels and DC United. Um, and the Rebels uh, got a 1 1 draw at RFK. And I believe a center back got a red card that game for the Rebels. I believe it was Hamas and Olave. I'm not sure. I had to go check. Um, so they get the 1 1 draw in there. And a few days later, they had the second leg at, our, at Rebel Arena. Snowstorm blows over. They cancel the game. They had to hold. I remember I'm watching this thing on TV. I'm watching the weather delay. Thierry Henry's got his socks up to his knees. He's got gloves on like a ball. He's got the long sleeves. The players are in the tunnel waiting to see what happens. Don Garber is on the field looking at the pitch with his trench coat or whatever and his hat. And he's looking at, to his right, he's looking at the supporters, the South Ward, the Viking Army, chanting. And there's like a 1,000 fans total because nobody's going to drive out in a snowstorm, basically. But the fans that did, they're heroes. And some fans uh, were shouting snow out the way, but they canceled the game. They had the game the next day. And this is back when NBC was having the game. This is back when Arlo White called the games for uh, MLS. I believe he now does games for the Chicago Fire. Um, and so, the Rebels get a penalty. I won't, I won't say too much. I'll just say the, the obvious. The Rebels get a penalty. Kenny Cooper scores on the initial try. But I believe it was Henri and Miller, Roy Miller, who encroached on the line. They had to retake it. Kenny Cooper misses it. And for a long time, I had a grudge against Cooper for missing that second penalty against uh, Bill Hamid. And then I believe it was Perry Kitchen or it was some DC United. I think it was either Perry Kitchen or, ah, I don't want to remember the name. But they scored in the 88th minute. DC United fans go crazy. And then I believe they played the Dynamo the following round uh, in the conference final. They lose to the Dynamo or whatever. That was painful. That still hurts me to this day. But, yeah, those losses are haunted. Haunted. and like this, loss for the Union, they'll haunt them for days on end. It'll haunt them throughout this World Cup, it'll haunt them throughout the opening of 2023 because this team is going to look different, in my opinion. I'm not sure who stays or who goes. Free agency apparently is open already. Um, St. Louis, before you know, is going to have their own draft. So, yeah, those just, just the fact that they lost it and all they had to was they just bunker down for three minutes, but they couldn't. It's a painful, painful loss of them. But oh well, it's Philly. Uh, and as a Jersey guy, I'm, I'm I'm cool.
0: I have to say, you know, I, t- I texted Trevor Tracy, who <clears throat> our friend at Last Word on Soccer, and I told him, "Sorry, buddy, got to root for Pennsylvania on this one." So little, little upset that Philadelphia didn't bring it home for the Keystone State. But who, what a what a weekend to be a Philadelphia fan. The poor one out, poor one out, ladies and gentlemen, for the for the Phillies and for the um. And and for the union because it's it's all up to the eagles now, <laughs> which Harvey, I'm not going to say that too many more times because you're a Giants fan and the Giants are doing very well right now. They have uh,
1: no chance. They have no <laughs> chance.
0: I um. Yeah, I think I think my, my thoughts on MLS Cup final was just like, wow, what chaos. Like it was one of those things that, you know, there's there is a lot of talk, you know, with the whole, you know, the World Cup being moved to November and like everybody, everything kind of being pushed up and whatnot. And I I mean, I thought it was entertaining as it could be. And there's, you know, there's all this hype leading up to the World Cup and everything. Everyone's worried about you know, players being injured rightfully. So, and of course we see with Maxine Crepeau that he's gonna be missing his World Cup. But I think just MLS Cup aside from that Crepeau injury was like it was just I don't know, it was just like fun. You know, the last the last like 40, 50 minutes of the match was just like really fun. Cause when I started watching it, I was I was working covering high school soccer, um, their championship, our regional championship tournament. Um the championship games, and I had it on in the press box. I was watching it just a little bit, and I was kind of like, eh, it doesn't really feel like a final. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, FanFest was great, but the NWSL final didn't even feel like a final. So it was, like, it was kind of lackluster, the game itself. So then, like, when we got all that extra uh, sugar, spice, and everything nice – in the uh in the lafc union game i was like all right this is chaotic this is chippy this is fun this is a final um and it it was a lot of fun i hate the result because i'm gonna have to hear lafc fans talk about this when we play uh when seattle plays them uh twice next year it's gonna be annoying but you know what it is what it is and you know whatever it, it is what it is. But LAFC deservedly gets their first uh, MLS Cup trophy. I have to admit, as much as I like Bob Bradley as a person, I think it is absolutely hilarious that it happens when Bob Bradley isn't there. Um, and, you know, people are going to talk like, oh, Chelini and Gareth Bale, how could they afford them and whatnot? Um, but I, I think, you know, I don't think there's going to be an asterisk by this MLS Cup. I think it is very... Very well-deserved because, like you said, and Harvey, you mentioned this, those guys really didn't, like, I, I hate to sound mean, but they didn't really do much. Like, the guys that that impacted the the game weren't maybe the star-studded players you, you hear about all the time on Twitter. So, yeah, I think it was a really good game. It was a lot of fun. Um, no, I
1: mean, like, like Christian Taylor took a penalty for LaFC. You, you know what I mean? Like, he's 32. He's doing a free transfer from Rob Betty's you know, like, and there's like, <clears throat> excuse me, there's like noise a long time ago that Chiellini was like more of a luxury signing. AO is definitely a luxury signing. Um, you he could have had more time for fitness and get to speed for the World Cup if he played for Cardiff, you know, in the championship, if he wanted to, or if he joined, um, I guess another MLS club that would have started him more regular minutes, or whatever. And yeah, like you said, they didn't contribute much. I'm not sure how much to contribute next year, if anything at all. Um, but so be it. And by the way, um, don't look now, but you guys better get on this Apple TV deal because Apple TV is going to be on MLS. And um, I'm not sure if it's good or right not. We got to see how the production values are. But it kind of bugged me that as Fox is like going to a player, cut cuts to a player, the action is still going on. And I'm missing like a pass here and there. I'm missing a move that ends up uh, being saved by the goalkeeper. You know, like us hardcore watchers or people that enjoy watching the game in in the stadium, you know, like we appreciate the little things. And TV TV, people need to understand that because while you want to get the the player reactions, I guess, for dramatics and whatnot, uh, it's not the end-all be-all. You know, you want to get the actual game action. And the actual passive mood because those things tell a story as well. So hopefully Apple TV can see this and uh just hopefully provide a better product than maybe a Fox did or an ESPN did or an NBC back in the day. So see how it goes. Should be fun for all us streamers.
0: Apple TV, I got it the other day, and I have yet to start Ted Lasso, but uh, that's gonna be my off-season show to watch, I think, so...
1: I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now, I won't start it at all. I'm no? None at all. I'm
0: fine. I've, I've heard mixed reviews about it, so I kind of, like, I want to have an opinion, but in, I can't have an opinion until I watch it for myself, so...
1: For me, for me, there are so many better, well, I don't know about better, because I'm not gonna watch the last one, so, but whatever. There's so many, like, other, like, um, soccer documentaries... Whether on like on Netflix, uh, I watched uh, Club America versus Club America, which is like a six-part episode series about how Club America holds themselves to the standard, you know, like the, like the Yankees do, where it's just championship or bust, and like the fans get on them, players get on them, historical figures get on them, and stuff like that. So I would, I recommend that one. Um, those old Barcelona documentaries, if you want. Um, I don't know. So it's like thing about Ted Lasso like that took that tick, that take that my English that took on a life of its own and you see all on Twitter and I bet you it's gonna get a mention in the World Cup at least 150 times so i don't need any more of it
0: I'm fine fair enough fair enough I'll, I'll definitely give you that <laughs> um oh my gosh I, I just have to interrupt this podcast for the fact that Liga MX Femenil is happening right now at time of recording and America was winning this game to nothing, um, over Chivas de Guadalajara. And they're winning on ag, they, they came into it winning three, one now on aggregate after a penalty kick, it is only four to three. So like this game is like bonkers. Um, so if I just start screaming on the podcast, that's why, um, but okay, so we, we wanted to talk, um, speaking of, you know, Mexican soccer, uh, Liga MX is part of this conversation because CONCACAF Champions League announced its round of 16 bracket, ladies and gentlemen. Times and dates are TBD, of course, but here are the matchup as follow. If I mispronounce these names, that's why I have Harvey here, and that's why this is also a no-judgment show. Um, v- Violote? Violote Harvey? Uh, Violote from Haiti is taking on Austin FC. Taro from Panama is taking on Club León, who um, played Seattle in the final last year. Um, UANL Tigres is taking on Orlando City FC. Motagua? Motagua.
1: Motagua.
0: Motagua. I know they played Seattle last year at some point. Motagua Mm -hmm. is taking on... Um, Pachuca, Motagua is from, it looks like, Honduras. Um, another Honduran club, Real España, is taking on the Vancouver Whitecaps. My favorite Costa Rican club of all time, Liga Deportiva, Alajoense, is taking on the MLS Cup champions, LAFC. Olympia is taking on Atlas. And then Harvey Cruz from the Salvadorian Football Federation is... Alianza,
1: yes, Ram.
0: Alianza, look at woo! Alianza taking on the Philadelphia Union. So those are the round of sixteen matches. Um, Harvey, what's what stands out to you?
1: Well, I have. I don't want to say I have ties to Alianza. I'm an Aguila fan because my my aunt got me a shirt from them when I went to El Salvador back in 2010. But Alianza fans do travel well. I remember when the Rebels play Alianza back in the group stages of this competition in 2016. I was there um, for the US when they played at the Rebel Arena. Sasha Kleshton got the goal in the, I believe, the 87th minute. But regardless, um, Alianza fans travel very well, very noisy, very uh, alive, and very vibrant. Um, so you will see uh, a good crowd from them in both legs. Um, so that game against the Philadelphia Union is going to be very good. But I'm very much looking forward to Orlando against Tigres as my pick of the bunch, Um, whether Geniac can continue his form or whether Tigres can just continue any sort of form because they are um, one of the better teams in Mexico for my money. And if Orlando City can bring their home form into this tie, then they've got a real decent chance at an upset. I'm not sure how many uh, teams out of MLS out of Austin, Tigres, Vancouver, or LAFC or Philadelphia. I'm sorry, Tigres, Austin, LAFC, Orlando, or Philadelphia. They can go on all the way to Seattle did last year. Um, but I'm looking forward to this. This field is pretty stacked in my opinion. And um, if you want like a dark horse, the winner of um, Atlas Olympia is a real good a real good chance to possibly make the semifinals of this of this competition. Um but yeah, a real good for a real good field. I love these competitions. Um the other Champions League that was held um a few weeks ago, that was a pretty good one as well. Um so and the fact that these are two legged ties, you know, like if MLS Cup is not gonna reward teams that make the playoffs with a, a um for the home home playoff game, he's gonna do single elimination. Then a combination like this, which rewards, you know, um the Central American teams and the American teams with the home playoff game, that's gonna be fun as well. Because look, whether you like it or not, this country is a melting pot. And there's a bunch of um cultures and races in these countries. All you gotta do is just look at the international games and and see the friendlies here in, in the States. Trust me when I tell you, there will be Tigers fans in Orlando. There will be Alianza fans in Philadelphia. There will be Violet fans in Austin. And there will be Alianza fans in L.A. That's just how it goes. That's how it's always going to be. And I can't wait for this to start in March, by the way. It starts in March because, look, there's a lot of competitions in 2023. All right, I'm not going to go through all of them. You just got to find it out yourself. Um, I t- I'm just saying you number right now. It's at least four competitions, but I, my my guess is that there's going to be at least six competitions in 2023, and it's going to be packed, and players are going to bear the brunt of it with all that burnout. So hopefully everybody stays fit, and hopefully we get a good um, round of 16 going on forward. I like this draw.
0: I, I think it's a good draw, too. I feel I feel very sadly for my former um my former quote-unquote hometown club, Orlando City SC, um, getting Tigres in the in the first round. I think that's going to be a bit of a, a a rough one. I'm really intrigued to see what type of moves maybe Orlando City makes um, this off season in in the hopes of preparing for for a match like that. But um, yeah, I, I feel I definitely feel for Orlando City getting teamed us in the first round. Um, I, I think you know, Vancouver they finished the season last year, they were in the hunt for one of those final playoff spots in, in the Western Conference. I, I think they could maybe, you know, make some noise in that round of 16 match, and then you never know like anything can happen in CONCACAF Champions League. Um, it's a lot different than MLS, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, But I I like the draw for uh, Philadelphia. I like it for Austin. Um, I I think probably one of the most interesting matches is that Taro, er, sorry, sorry, how do you say it again?
1: Motagua.
0: Motagua because they they gave Seattle a, a little run for their money whenever they played them um, and Pachuca so I think that's going to be a really inter- interesting game I remember watching Pachuca whenever uh, our our friend Omar Gonzalez played there <laughs> um, so should be it should be interesting I, I agree with you Harvey I like the draw a lot I think it's going to make for an entertaining um, Concacaf Champions League for sure and ladies and gentlemen that starts in March so definitely. Definitely be on the lookout um, for that one. So we're going to be in, we're going to get started in the process of wrapping up. Oh my goodness, I cannot speak. Um, Wrapping up the uh, podcast. So we are going to start, of course, with, oh, No, we're not doing pick (laughs) Harvey and I are going to name a player that we think is going to surprise us on Wednesday when they get included on the U.S. men's national team roster and a person who you think is going to be snubbed. So, Harvey, I will leave it to you.
1: Well, I will go with a snub. And look, this is purely uh, tactical and purely, uh, I guess, position-based. I'm going to go with Brandon Vasquez of FC Cincinnati. Look, you could argue that uh, their forwards are already set and you don't really need to touch them because they're going to have Sargent. They're going to have Ferreira. They're going to have... um His name escapes me. His name escapes me. Uh, Pepe, which is kind of a weird one. I'm not sure Pepe... Um, look, he's been scoring for Groningen and Dutch League. I'm not sure how much... Uh, of an impact given how young he is that he carries on. But, um, look, it's going to be a way where, where, look, we've seen this throughout the months. Uh, Greg Brousser has his favorites. You know, that's why guys are getting frustrated with the likes of Aaron Long playing at center back. Whether you like it or not, in my opinion, he's going to be starting one of those World Cup games alongside, um, alongside walkers and women and center back so for me Brandon vasquez is the obvious i know i know i'm like going obvious here but guess what when it's that obvious it's noticeable it's a big miss for me he has the physicality he's got the height he's got the aerial ability to challenge center backs in the air when he goes up against the likes of, of england center backs and the welsh center backs um it's a big uh, i think it would be a big omission if he leaves if he's left off the squad, I think he's more than earned it. Um, I understand he's young. I believe he's 25 or so. So, um, I mean, I guess the reason being he wouldn't be there is because he hasn't really played for the seventy at all. No matter how many camp invites he may get or not get, he'd um, be a miss for me.
0: I know I'm on the hype train here, so I, I need you to just bear with me. But I don't trust Aaron Long at a World Cup. I don't think he deserves to go to a World Cup. There is a player who has been killing it in the Premier League who deserves to go to a World Cup. And his name is Tim Ream. I think Tim Ream needs to be on that plane to cut her. I think whenever they expanded um, the rosters, I think it was one of those like oh, my God, it like, you have to put him on there. It seemed weird to me that Greg just kind of took him off because Greg had said, like, yeah, I get it. Like, maybe he's not playing the exact formation he wants at Fulham. But when you're killing it in the Premier League when everyone expected you to be, then, you know, that's a pretty good sign. Um, I, I think Tim Ream truly, truly, truly needs to be on the plane to cutter. Um, I and especially like now with there's like an injury to Chris Richards, I guess, again. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if if Greg doesn't call up Tim Ream, I'm going to like shake him and be like, what are you doing? Um, The player that I think is going to be named to the roster that is going to shock me. And I really don't want to say this is like Jordan Morris. I think Christian Roldan deserves to go to the World Cup. Before he got injured for Seattle, he was literally like their utility man. He was playing like every position. And at times during, you know, watching them this season, um, Christian Roldan was like the best player in, in the game throughout most of the season. Um, especially when Jao Paulo went down in Kaka, Kaka Champions League, like he had to step up tremendously. I think Jordan Morris, you know, he's a great striker. I I think he is a really good player. I don't I just think that there are other players who are playing better than him. Um and like Josh Sargent is obviously on that list. Uh Yunus Musa, Timothy Weah, I think those guys are certainly on the depth chart and they should be ahead of him. Um so I'm I'm intrigued to see, you know, Wednesday. I saw today um that you know guys are already being informed if they're going to the World Cup today. So like I I can't imagine what Wednesday is going to be like. It's going to be crazy. Um and and I'm I'm really excited for it, but I'm also like really nervous for it. So um it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting. I I'm intrigued to see like what happens, who gets named and I mean if Greg Berhalter, if if you have ears, listen, get uh get Tim Reem on the Plane of Cutter. So that's all I have to say about that.
1: Yeah, real quick, I believe um, because Nico Cantor and Mikhail Ginone mentioned about that. And apparently they, they've named um their four center backs as Cameron Carter Vickers, Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman, and Tim Ream. So Apparently, they've named those four as the four centerbacks to go to Qatar. Um, I guess Cameron carter vickers is a bit of a surprise for me, but not really, because he's been one of the better center backs for Celtic. Um, and he's been playing well in this class premiership for them. The one player that was surprising is DeAndre Yedlin. Um, and look, uh, I guess nothing against him. He's been one of the more consistent right-backs in the pool for this USMNT. But, um, At some point, experience can only matter so much when, A, you've only played in one World Cup, and, B, you've been picked over by the likes of uh, Sergino Dest and a guy who should be going if he's not going or if he's not picked in Joe Scali. If Joe Scali doesn't make the right-back spot, it's kind of a question mark. Um, Look, I'm not going to go crazy over any of these decisions by uh, Greg Berhalter because... People need to realize that you must go by what he's done, not by what he says. He's gone with the legs of Aaron Long and Zimmerman as his as his uh, center back partnership. He's picked Yedlin over Scali multiple times. Um, Adams, uh, McKinnon, uh, McKinnon? I'm sorry. Uh, Adams, McKenney and Musa has been the MMA midfield this entire time. And it's going to be Pulisic, Pepio Ferreira, and... Um, Reyna, if he's fit at the three up top. Or um Paul on the right wing. Or even Timothy Way at the right wing. So oh, I'm sorry. Or if they play like four attackers, then Aronson is gonna be one of the attackers. So um don't be surprised if Yellen makes a squad and Scotty does not, and they'll probably go with the 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 chestnut of experience, which is weird. Um because look he doesn't have that much experience, I guess just the fact that he's only he's played more for the senior team and he's played more, um, overall. Um, but I, like, if if you want to pick the best 26, in my opinion, Joe Scott, in there over, uh, over DeAndre. Yellen. I know that Yellen's made the playoffs with Inter Miami this past season. And, um, shout out to, uh, Phil Neville, who got a contract extension by Inter Miami. Um, good job for him. Um, Good job by him. See if he can carry that on for next season. But yeah. Um if I was if I was picking one or the other, I'd pick Scali over Yemen, Um and just have it as um, you know, Robinson, um long, um Robinson Long, uh Zimmerman, you know, and put Scali at right back. It would be you know one thing. The one thing that would really interest me, and I don't think many people have talked about this, is what if uh, Greg Barosik plays five at the back, with three or three center backs, and he plays two wing backs. Who plays wing backs? You know, does does um does he go long Cameron Carter-Vickers and uh, Zimmerman? Does he go Ream long Zimmerman as a three center backs? Does he put Polusic at wing back the way um Thomas Tuchel has, and the way Graham Potter has for Chelsea? you know like stuff like that would probably like it set usmnt twitter ablaze because anything sets usmnt twitter ablaze nowadays so um i'm just throwing the pot because it's a fun thing to do so um just something to think about
0: oh harvey you little pot stir <laughs> um I, ha- I have to ask just because you know it's coming up and i'm sure we're going to podcast beforehand um Brazil released their roster today, nine forwards. Um their midfields looking a little old. I, I oh. think I think Argentina's gonna win. Um who who do you have lifting the trophy?
1: Oh man, that's a tough one, man. Cause I really don't want an all European final again, you know. Like one of the things that's really I guess bummed me out that we haven't had um we haven't had a non-european team make the final since 02 when brazil beat germany and that 02 team is one of my favorite it's it's my favorite international side ever alongside spain of 2010 um but honestly like you look at this brazil squad and i can't think of a more um disgusting squad filthy from top to bottom like you've got you have Neymar as a forward. You have Gabriel Jesus, Richarlison, Rodrigo, Vinicius Jr., Martinelli. That's in the forwards only. You know, you have Bruno Guimarães from Newcastle, Lucas Paqueta of West Ham, and formerly of Milan. Fabinho Casemiro, you're holding midfielders. I will say, though, if there is a bit of a weakness, it is in the defense. The defense is a bit old with the legs of Teles, Danny Alves. Danny Alves at 39 is going to another World Cup. He's playing for Pumas, what a legend! You know, Danilo and Marquinhos. I believe Edimilson is the youngest defender. Um, you know, it's crazy. Like, I know I, I'm kind. I guess I'm being prison at the moment by picking Brazil to be my my um my pick. But man, like the thing about Argentina though is is how how do their forwards stack up? Because in the past, you didn't have to worry about anything about the forward. It would be like a guys like Aguero, Higuain, Messi. Um, you know, sometimes they throw in Palacios in there, and that'd be it. But then midfield is a bit of if worry if, um, if Giovanni Lo doesn't make the squad. And he's missing a bit of a problem. And you know, they're going to be relying on some players like, you know, Messi might have to drop it to midfield a lot to, to build up play more. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, how does that work? Like, how... How effective will how Di Maria be if, if when he makes a squad? How good are the fullbacks? Their fullbacks and center backs have been a question for me for a while now. But under um under their manager, um they really ride the ship. So um interesting just for me to see how they can. But I'll pick Brazil as my pick uh, uh of the non European teams to win the World Cup. If I'm picking a European team to win the World Cup, it'll be Spain. Um. Yeah, Spain. I love Luis Enrique, and I think he's he's gotten uh, he's gotten a lot of the squad. Interesting seats to see if you know Álvaro Morata can carry on um, as the number nine, whether Ferran Torres can finally break through if he makes the squad. What their fullback situation is going to be like, what their midfield is going to hold up as, you know, can Thiago carry on? Can the Sergio Busquets make the squad? If so, if not, how does it go? And so I'm interested to see how they go. But, um, I'll pick Brazil overall as a pick. I,
0: I wanted uh, to say Brazil really badly, but I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not ready to bet against, uh, what's his name? Lionel Messi. God, good God. That's how tired I am. Um, I'm not ready to bet against Lionel Messi in the World Cup right now. Um, but all good thoughts. Spain is a good pick. I want them to win the Women's World Cup. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here. We did that, was our version of Pick'ems. Um, Harvey, why don't you give us your last words? But before you do that, tell us about our first sponsor, Icarus FC.
1: That's right, Icarus FC, the good folks at Icarus FC. And if you're tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas, then guess what? Look for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, outdoor, or even pro teams at IcarusFC.com, where they can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price with the model. Any design you want, seriously, let them help you design your new custom kit at IcarusFC.com.
0: Where can we find you on Twitter, sir? Oh. Where we can send all your birthday happy wishes. Yes, yeah, send
1: me uh, endless uh, birthday wishes. I mean, it is Monday, so I'm guessing that, that whole thing is over with. But why not? Keep it going. Um, I've got new followers, apparently, off these birthday wishes. Um, but hey, I guess that's what happens when you post yourself wearing a Lawrence Taylor jersey with a cake in front of you. I guess that's how it goes. But uh, at Sir Harvey Cruz on Twitter at Star Recruits on Instagram. Follow me there. Um, And look, this MLS season has been incredible. Um, It's been crazy from the beginning. Um, I will say this, though. uh, I'm not sure how hot the seats are, but I have a very suspicious feeling that a bunch of seats are going to be hot next year. Um, You know, the pressure to win these days is much higher than it's been in the past, given that you know you have these legends from overseas that want to extend their careers by playing at MLS, or because now you have more avenues to make a, a competition like the Champions League, um, or because the US Open Cup is, getting, is gaining its stature back as one of the premier competitions in the US, or just the simple fact that, look, MLS Cup is more important than the Supporters' Shield, so as long as you're one of the top seven teams in the conference, you got a chance to win. Um, so, I'm looking forward to see how this goes. I'm looking forward to see how the Apple TV presentation goes for that less. But I will wait for that for 2023 because the World Cup is happening. And before you know it, Twitter will be on fire for a good two to three weeks. Um, USA, England is going to be... Um, I keep saying a blaze on Twitter but it's really going to be that like every single minute and pass and thing is going to be like if you thought that the Twitter spaces happening during you know the the World Cup qualifiers and all the articles and all the stuff that's being pushed out and whatever narratives happening you have no idea you have just no idea what World Cup season was like. I remember I was, for fans, I was covering uh, France for the World Cup in eighteen when they won. And, like, from the first game on, when they played, I believe, Australia in the first game, it was like, Didier this, Deschamps that, Paul Pogba this, Griezmann that. It was just like a whole bunch of takes and narratives. You watch. There won't be a day, a minute, a second that goes by where you'll have flaming hot arguments on Twitter, on ESPNFC, on the Athletic, here at last word, we're gonna help push that out as well. You watch everybody. I'm telling you, if you're a casual fan, I'm telling you. Um, first of all, make up your own mind, make up your own takes. Don't let us sway you. But if you want the education, then listen to us here at last word on soccer because we got you. It's gonna be an incredible two, three weeks
0: incredible well said harvey oh
1: i'm sorry and one last thing i'm sorry one last thing espn e60 has a documentary out on the qatar world cup it came out um this past sunday i believe i I believe there were excerpts from uh from a little documentary and i want to say 20 it was a few years ago it was back when qatar was announced at the world cup post and you know look it goes it dives deep into the human rights issues, the amount of workers that have passed away building these stadiums and building these conditions for to make this a hospitable country to um to host such a, a prestigious and privileged uh competition and so look um it's it's a heavy watch um it's uh it's a powerful watch and look the stories i have come out these past few weeks on this thing um Make of it what you will. It's not for the faint of heart. And um, look, I, I'd, I'd recommend you watching me before you watch a uh, game of the World Cup first. So, uh, Qatar's World Cup, E60. It's on ESPN Plus if you have it. Um, go check it out.
0: Good stuff, Harvey. And yes, uh, I, I also co-sign on the on the documentary. I watched it the other day. Um, very, very good. Very, again, very heavy, but very good. Um, and very much needed. Um so, before I tell you about my Twitter or my last words, I'm going to tell you about Roughneck Scarves. So, thank you to our wonderful partner, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Harvey, I left the NWSL Championship, I don't know how, with four scarves. Um, and I'm very happy. <laughs> um I I don't think, you know, the only last words that I have are the college cups are happening um, soon. I know the women's kicks off before the men's Uh, 64 teams, 64 teams going to be going at it. Sadly, I can't make it to the pick game this weekend because uh, I was praying it would be on on Sunday, not on Saturday. But alas, it is on Saturday. Um, Hopefully they win because if they do, they host another game. So. Hopefully the Pitt Panthers get that dub over Buffalo um, so I can call another game this season because, oh, my gosh, is that fun. But um, if if you happen to have a local team hosting uh, a game, go out and support those athletes. Collegiate athletes um, definitely could use your support. I'm sure they would love it to have um, full, fun, rowdy, crazy um stands going on for these games. Um, Those in Pittsburgh, the Peterson Sports Complex is one of the best in collegiate soccer. Um, And I know I'm biased, but they just like, they literally just did it and like redid it and all this fun stuff. So it's, it's really great. And I I really, 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 I just want to see my Pitt Panthers just, just rock it. And I I know that they will everybody. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I would never do that. Time of recording is Monday night, Tuesday is election day. So please go out if you are 18 or older and go do your civic duty and go vote. Every vote truly does matter. Um, And you know, the power is really in the hands of the people. So it's one of the great freedoms that we have in this country. Um, It's one of the best parts of our democracy that we get to vote. So I would encourage all of those to do that. So my Twitter is at Rachel Kruger on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much all for us. We will see you next time. Thank you again to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, Icarus FC. Of course, as always, Last Word on Sports, Beautiful Game Network. And check out any and all articles happening on lastwordonsports.com backslash soccer. Thanks all. We will see you next time.